From Astoria to the Rockaways, it's time for the Queen's New Yorker. And here is the man giving you all the info, your uber snazzy and jazzy host, Mr. Jason D'Antonio! what I like to see on a Tuesday, a nice, great crowd that was warmed up by, our, of course, our great announcer, Jason Kelly, and I am, of course, your host, Jason DeCanio, for another edition of the Queen's New Yorker. It is episode number 181 on this Tuesday, April 27, 2021. It's part two of our continuation of look at sports teams in New York. We did the Mets series, and now we're looking at the hockey team that spans Uniondale, and Long Island, the Long Island. We're looking at the New York Islanders, part two. That's right, yes. Part two of the New York, the history of the New York Islanders. Yes. Oh yeah. But before we get to that, let's go ahead and look at our sweating of the small stuff quotes for the last couple of days. We uh, start with Friday, April 23rd, and a look at this one. Often the difference between a person who is happy and someone who is unhappy isn't how often they get low or even how low they drop. But instead, it's what they do with their low moods. And then for the weekend of April 24th, 25th, Saturday and Sunday, most people have it backward. When they are feeling down, they roll up their sleeves and get to work. They try to figure out and analyze what's wrong. They try to force themselves out of their lowest low state, which tends to compound the problem rather than solve it. And for yesterday, Monday, April 26th, this one says the trick is to be grateful when your mood is high and graceful when it is low. Try to keep in mind the effect your mood is having on the way you are thinking and feeling. Your understanding of moods allows you to keep your perspective and not take so seriously the thoughts you have when you are low. And today's Sweating of the Small Stuff for April 27th, Tuesday, today, goes a little bit like this. It's helpful to expect that a certain percentage of plans will change. If I make allowances in my mind for this inevitability, then when it happens, I can say, here is one of those inevitabilities. That's right. All right. And there you have, it, folks, the sweating of the small stuff, and it's all small stuff here on the program. All right. Let's delve into part two of the New York Islanders. Of course, all of our information comes from the Wikipedia, the free encyclopedia. We pick off with, 
we pick up with ascendancy and playoff inability from 1974 to 1979. So with the 4th and 22nd picks in the 1974 draft, the Islanders added young forwards Clark Giles and Brian Trottier to continue Torre's building plan. In the 74-75 season, the Islanders made one of the biggest turnarounds in NHL history. Led by Potvin, forwards Westfall, Harris, Nystrom, Giles, and goaltenders Smith and Glenn, Chico Reich. The team earned 88 points, 32 more than the previous season, and two more than their first two seasons combined, earning their first playoff berth. They defeated the rival New York Rangers in the best of three first-round series as J.P. Parisi scored just 11 seconds in overtime of the third game. In the next round, down three games to none in a best-of-seven series against the Pittsburgh Penguins, the Islanders rallied to win the next four and take the series winning Game 7 on a late third-period goal by Westfall. Only four other major North American professional sports teams have accomplished this feat. The 1941-42 Toronto Maple Leafs, 2004 Boston Red Sox, the 2009-10 Philadelphia Flyers, and the 2013-2014 Los Angeles Kings. They were close but not as lucky in the following round, rallying from another 3-0 deficit to force a seventh game against the defending Stanley Cup champion Philadelphia Flyers before the Flyers took the decisive seventh game at home and went on to win the Cup again. And despite a disappointing playoff finish, Auburn remained complimentary of the team's attitude and maturity, saying, if I called to practice next week, every one of them would show up. The Islanders continued their climb up the standings in 75-76, to 76, earning 101 points and the fifth-best record in the league. It was the first 100-point season in Islanders history in only their fourth year of existence. Rookie center Trottier finished the season with 95 points and won the Calder Memorial Trophy. His points and assists, he had 63 totals, totals, set a new league record for most in each category by a rookie. And it would be the first of four consecutive 100-point seasons, including the first two division titles in franchise history. Despite the emergence of young star players and regular season success between 76 and 79, the Islanders suffered a series of playoff disappointments. In 1976 and in 77, the Islanders were knocked out in the semifinals by the eventual Stanley Cup champions, the Montreal Canadiens. The Canadiens posted a 24-3 record in the playoffs during those two seasons, with all three losses coming at the hands of the Islanders. In the 77 draft, Torre had the 15th overall pick and was deciding between forwards Mike Bossy and Dwight Foster. Bossy was known as an emerging scorer who lacked physicality. Foster was known as a solid checker with marginal offensive ability, despite having led the Ontario Hockey League in scoring. Arbor persuaded Torre to pick Bossy, arguing it was easier to teach a scorer how to check. In the 77-78 season, Bossy became the third Islander to win the Calder Trophy and scored 53 goals that season, a rookie record at the time. The team earned their first Patrick Division and Campbell Conference Championships. Six players finished the season with 30 goals scored or more, with five of the, them Islanders draft picks, showing the success of the draft building process. 
The season ended with a familiar result in the playoffs as the team lost in overtime in Game 7 of the quarterfinals against the Toronto Maple Leafs. Billy Harris failed on a breakaway, which was followed by a Lanny McDonald goal to complete an upset. In 1978-79, to the team finished with the best record in the NHL, clinching it with three goals in the third period of the season's final game against the Rangers. Trottier won the Hart Memorial Trophy as league MVP and captured the Art Ross Trophy for the most points, while sophomore Bossy scored 69 goals, which also led the league. Now, despite their regular season dominance, the Islanders exited the playoffs with another upset playoff loss, this time to the Rangers in the semifinals. And as the team was leaving Madison Square Garden following their Game 6 elimination, Rangers fans rocked and threw objects at the team's bus. Hockey professionals and journalists generally questioned whether the Islanders were capable of winning the important games needed to win a Stanley Cup championship. Islander players would cite fear of repeating the pain of this loss as spurring their later success. After surrendering the captaincy to Giles the season before, Westfall retired and shortly thereafter became a color commentator on the team's telecast. Off the ice, the Islanders were on shaky ground. Bo was losing money on both his franchises, even as the Islanders quickly surged to NHL prominence and the Nets became an ABA power. The Islanders were still far behind on the $10 million they had paid in startup costs, and the expansion and territorial fees associated with moving the Nets to the National Basketball Association threw Bo's finances into a tailspin. Eventually, Bo was forced to sell both his teams. He readily found a buyer for the Nets, but had less luck finding one for the Islanders. Torre orchestrated a sale to one of the team's limited partners, John Pickett. Now, in return, Pickett promoted Torre to team president, though Torre had already been operating head of the franchise before then. And soon after purchasing the team, Pickett signed a very lucrative cable television contract with the fledging sports channel network as their owner, Charles Dolan, thought the up-and-coming Islanders would be a perfect centerpiece for his new network. Dolan gave Pickett a long-term guaranteed contract intended not only to keep the team on Long Island, but give area governments an incentive to renew his cable contracts. The Islanders have remained on the network, now known as MSG Plus, for over four decades. Now we go to 1979 to 1983, the dynasty. After the Islanders' regular season dominance and playoff disappointment in 1979, Arbor decided that he would no longer concern himself too greatly with his team's finish in the regular season. Instead, he focused his team's energy on how they would perform in the playoffs. While in 1980, the Islanders dropped below the 100-point mark for the first time in five years, earning only 91 points. However, they finally broke through and won the Stanley Cup. Before the playoffs, Torre made the difficult decision to trade longtime and popular veterans Billy Harris and defensiveman Dave Lewis to the Los Angeles Kings for the second-line center Butch Goring. Now, Goring's arrival is often called the final piece of the puzzle. A strong two-way player, his presence on the second line ensured that opponents would no longer be able to focus their defensive efforts on the Islanders' first line of Bossy, Trottier, and Clark Isles. Contributions from new teammates such as wingers Dwayne Sutter and Anders 
Kalor, and stay-at-home defenseman Dave Lang-Evan, Gordon Lane, and Ken Morrow, the latter fresh off a gold medal win at the 1980 Olympics, also figured prominently in the Islanders' playoff success. In the semifinals, the Islanders faced the Buffalo Sabres, who had finished second overall in the NHL standings. The Islanders won the first two games in Buffalo, including a 2-1 victory in Game 2 of Bob Nostrum's goal in double overtime. They went on to win the series in six games and reached the finals for the first time in franchise history, where they would face the NHL's regular season champions, the Philadelphia Flyers, who had gone who had gone undefeated for 35 straight games. That's 25-0-10 during the regular season. Now, in Game 1 in Philadelphia, the Islanders won 4-3 on Dennis Potvin's power play goal in overtime. Leading the series 3-2, they went home to Long Island for Game 6. In that game, the Islanders blew a 4-2 lead in the third period, but Nystrom continued his overtime heroics, scoring at the 7-11 mark of the extra frame, on assist by John Tonelli and Lorne Henning to bring Long Island its first Stanley Cup championship. And this was the most recent Stanley Cup clinching game won in overtime by the home team until the Los Angeles Kings did it in 2014. It was also the Islanders' sixth overtime victory of the playoffs. Brian Trottier won the Conn Smythe Trophy as the most valuable player in the playoffs, Therese's strategy of building through the draft turned out very well. Nearly all of the major contributors of the 1980s champions were homegrown Islanders or who had spent most of their NHL careers in the Islanders organization. The Islanders were the first NHL team to win the Stanley Cup with Europeans, Stefan Preston and Callier, on its roster. The Islanders dominated the next two seasons. Bossy scored 50 goals in 50 games in 1981, and the Islanders lost only three playoff games en route to defeating the Minnesota North Stars in five games to win the Stanley Cup. Goring won the Consumite Trophy, and during their semifinal sweep of the Rangers, Islanders fans began taunting the Rangers with a chant of 1940, referring to the Rangers' last Stanley Cup win in 1940. The Rangers would not win the Cup again until 1994. Fans in other NHL cities soon picked up the chant. In 1981-82, the Islanders won, won a then-record 15 straight games en route to a franchise record 118 points, while Mike Bossy set a scoring record for right-wingers with 147 points in an 80-game schedule. The Islanders won the President's Trophy yet once in the playoffs against the Pittsburgh Penguins, and they found themselves down late in the third period of deciding Game 5 before John Tonelli scored both the tying goal and the overtime winner. Now, after defeating the Rangers in six games, they swept both the Quebec Nordiques and the Vancouver Canucks in the first-ever coast-to-coast Stanley Cup final for their third straight championship. During that series, Bossy appended by a check from Tiger Williams and falling parallel to the ice, managed to hook the puck with his stick and score. Bossy netted the Stanley Cup winning goal and was awarded the Conn Smythe Trophy. The next year, although the Islanders had won the Stanley Cup three straight times, more attention was being paid to the upstart Edmonton Oilers 
whose young superstar Wayne Gretzky had just shattered existing scoring records. In 1982-83, the Oilers had a better regular season, but the Islanders swept them in the Stanley Cup Finals to win their fourth straight championship. Billy Smith was named the Conn Smythe Trophy winner after shutting down the Oilers' vaunted scoring machine. Gretzky failed to score a goal during the series, and Dwayne and Brent Sutter scored seven and five points respectively in the first three games, while Bossy again scored the Stanley Cup winning goal in game four. After that game, the Oilers players walked past the Islanders dressing room and were surprised to see the champions exhausted. Oilers players such as Gretzky and Mark Messier said that they realized at that moment how much it would actually take to win the Stanley Cup. And we will stop there, folks, and pick up on Thursday with a look at the 1983-1991 to season of the history of our beloved New York Islanders. Yes. I sure hope you're having a grand time. And just to let you know that we have really picked up a lot with that, uh, with the legacy of Queens on the Sunday show. Uh, now we're up to a total between the two shows of 2,760 listens, 40 more away, and we'll get to 2,800. And we're only 19 episodes away from the overcoming episodes 200. And that would be a milestone for the Queens New Yorker in six seasons here on not only Anchor and Spotify, but was on YouTube. And now we're putting the archives on BitChute. So do not forget to subscribe to BitChute and help us financially with a donation of your choice. I'm Jason DeCanio. Thanking you once again. We will see you on Thursday for part number three of the history of the New York Islanders right here on the Queens New Yorker. Have a great day. And remember, to be honest, be real, and keep it simple, stupid, kiss. On the Queen's New Yorker, right here on Spotify and Anchor. Have a great day. We'll see you on Thursday. Bye-bye. You have been watching the Queen's New Yorker. This is Jason Kelly on a Jason DeCanio internet presentation thank you for your support